0: Hi, I'm Dominic Patton, and I'm Pete Hammond, and this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today, we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for Best Limited Series, and then you're going to hear a snippet from my interview with Chris Evans, a very interesting guy. We talked about Defending Jacob, which is his big limited series. Speaking of uh, those things we'll be talking about today, Chris Evans,
1: and- not just Captain America. No,
0: he's not, and uh, and he he's talks actually about done a very
1: he's done a very good job of moving past that very quickly. A lot of these guys, when they come out of these superhero franchises, they spend a little while. He was very quick with Knives Out, where he was fantastic, yeah. and he then he didn't try to make it with Michelle Dockery, which was another quick a quick move and high profile.
0: He loved it, you know, and he almost turned down Captain America, which we talked about that too. But um, you're going to hear a snippet of it, uh, and then you can go and listen to the whole thing. Yeah now uh, now, now of course
1: on. this is our last TV talk of what we'll call the pre-nominations period of this Phase Emmy one. season. Um mm-hmm. and of course so many of you are voting as we speak, getting out there, getting on. I just voted.
0: I just voted. Twenty you tell categories. Who?
1: Twenty you categories.
0: Tell? Yeah, it was crazy, man.
1: Will you tell? Who did you vote for?
0: Oh my god. But if we mention some of them, I'll, I'll say I voted for them, but I'm not going to say for what.
1: Ow! But, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, at least in November, I know you're going to vote for Joe Biden.
0: Am All I right? Gonna, I am going to vote for Joe Biden. I, yeah.
1: I mean, but you never know. I mean, I'm suddenly torn. You know, Kanye looks pretty good. Oh, please. Kanye West. Really? Okay.
0: What is well, in that guy's Let's said? just put
1: it this way <laughs> Kanye, Kanye West's presidential 2020 uh, bid will maybe be the best limited series for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but speaking for, of limited series exactly yes. <laughs> very
1: limited series It'd be like keeping up go. with the not so much anyways no. okay in go. that vein though we have some amazing contenders this year that we think are going to be right up there we have watch one we have miss america we have unbelievable we have little fires everywhere normal people i know this much is true hollywood the plot against america defending jacob dispatches from elsewhere mrs fletcher the Eddie. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It crazy.
0: These ones. That's a lot. And and, and there
1: is a lot of excellence there. A lot of good.
0: excellence. Uh, last week, we uh, inadvertently put normal people into our uh, discussion about drama series only to find out that I got a call right away. Uh, you know, that's in limited series. And I was thinking, oh, you know, that felt to me, normal people, a half hour, 12 episodes felt like a season one of a series. Exactly. And maybe we would see more. And I think that is the intention, but it is in limited series here. So it, it, it's you supposed know, I, to
1: be. I, I do think, I do think that when people do this and, you know, people do play fast and loose to get themselves in the most advantageous position. That's great. Because I, I know that when we, we, we were enlightened about this, I thought, okay, that's great. But if you do have a second season and if you have won an Emmy out of this limited, limited <laughs> series, I think you might have to give it back. And there are more I'm not and I am not just pointing the finger at normal people because clearly that's not that's not fair at all here. But there are a number of people who maybe should have to pay up for their little sleight of hand.
0: Well, then you're mentioning Downton Abbey, Big Little Lies, all of which went from a limited series victory. Two competing in the drama series, uh, yeah,
1: or there are others who have been anthologies and suddenly become series and then back to anthologies. It does that, yes, there's a lot of sleight of hands that drive me crazy
0: about the yeah. Emmys, yeah. Well, almost the word is much, limited, and you know, as as we have to, have to limit
1: them. by the fact that Jackie Gleason does not have an Emmy nomination <laughs> or win
0: to be oh discussed God. later. If you have not this picked name up keeps on this, coming up today,
1: always I, coming up.
0: I, I but was talking in about this it.
1: one for me. There's a lot of good things here. It really comes down to three: unbelievable, which is unbelievably good; the plot against America, and which is based on the the the, the great Philip Roth novel. And this is this was from um, executive produced by David Simon of you know The Wire, my favorite television show of all time, and Watchmen, and I, and in many ways. Let's be honest. You know, when we're when we're voting in the Emmys, when we're voting in the Oscars, we're voting for the shows we like, the shows we think are great. We're also voting because we're people in our own time, in our own era. And I have to say, Watchmen clearly is almost prophetic in how much it is a part of the era we're in. From masks to 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 disturbances on the streets, to police brutality, to the, the reemergence of, of blatant white power symbolisms from the highest office and, and literally, literally people making what is the Cyclops symbol, as well as the fact of the matter, starting with the words Black Lives Matter written across the street from the White House in, in, in huge scale yellow text, they are literally the word on the street. So yes. I really do feel, oh, and might I add, Damon Lindelof, and Regina King, who is a king and queen in this. I feel like Watchmen has to be the watchword.
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned those three, because I have others, Ah. and uh, I'm not gonna dispute you. All these shows are good. They're all worthy in their own way. I know you love the plot against America. Um and uh, good acting and that and everything. And I didn't quite get it, but um, Mrs. America. I mean,
1: here's the thing: the plot against America is. You have to remember, there's a particular genre of subgenre known as David Simon, and there is a way of which he does storytelling that breaks many of the conventions that we've become used to. For instance, um, brevity and speed. Not exactly. A, not exactly something he, he plays. He plays fast and loose with. But I think that you know. Different strokes for different folks, clearly, but also serious
0: times demand serious storytelling. And there well, is these are not- serious stories. Is this something of a Dominic Patton plot against Mrs. America? Which How? to me is so above it all here. It's just an incredible project bringing together all these wonderful actresses top of their game to tell a story here that deserves to be told and is still happening they're still trying to pass the ERA this show by its very existence brought that back into the uh, hemisphere yeah, here I'm not,
1: I'm not quite sure that's true actually but I think it is true I've my, seen here's my issue with Miss America which is which is there are amazing performances and I am I am a thousand percent behind anything. That, tell, that, that tells America more about the great story of the great Shirley Chisholm. It's not that. It's that I felt that the format they used in the way that each episode was focused on a specific character and the way in which it was it was detailed out. And the fact of the matter is, is that Phyllis Shaffley, kind of like in superhero movies where the villain is kind of the one you're, you find yourself rooting for even though you don't want to. Phyllis Shaffley, who, certainly knew how to touch evil if not right up against it. I will mention Donald Trump spoke at her funeral, if, if one of many things to, to mention against her. The, the woman who almost single-handedly, and there's some simplifications there, I think that occur, um, and I know a little about this because I basically almost wrote a book about this very subject, um, uh, there's just too many broad strokes. And actually, part of my issue with Miss America is that nine episodes was not enough, and I don't think the
0: format worked. Well, you said Donald Trump spoke at Phyllis shafley's uh, funeral. That's yep. interesting. I'm hoping that Kate Blanchett gets to speak at Donald Trump's. Having said that, I, I would give an Emmy for that. <laughs> Having said that, I also uh, want to mention uh, Normal People, which we talked about. I thought that was a terrific show. Hollywood, which I personally loved, I loved the whole spirit of it and everything. And I well, thought Hollywood's that that show
1: made Hollywood's almost a show made for you.
0: It almost is, and I think it might almost be made for Emmy voters. And, That's a very um, good point.
1: That is know? a very good point. I think, though, you know, I don't I, underestimate
0: I think, Hollywood here. I
1: think one of the things with the Ryan Murphy series, this limited series, is though it may be perfectly made for Emmy voters, it also might be perfectly made to just be a little off kilter for Emmy voters. And this is a very interesting one of looking at um, how how brave Emmy voters want to be. And, and how far they want to take some iconography and they want to take some storytelling because kind of like the plot against America, um, Hollywood is alt history. And um, sometimes people go with that and sometimes they don't.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see uh, where they want to go. It's always hard to predict what's in the mind of, of all the Emmy voters. I know what's in my mind, so I'll continue as one Emmy voter. Defending Jacob, yeah, by the way, one of my favorites here. Uh,
1: have we mentioned anyone who you voted for yet?
0: Yes, you have. You were uh, supposed to get, <laughs> we're gonna give it up. Defending Jacob uh, is I think a terrific show. And I I can tell from talking to people out there that they've been discovering that show as yeah. it goes along. And they really seem to like it. It's really it. funny, so,
1: isn't it? it? It's really funny is, you know, when Apple TV Plus launched, Morning Show was their big show. For All Mankind, The Ron Moore, another old history show about a dip, if the Soviet Union landed on the moon first. C um, and, and Dickinson which I just think is fantastic I love Dickinson just love that show so glad it's coming back um, and then there was this kind of like second third round there was the BC Boys documentary there's a bunch of other things there's Central Park the animated show which if you haven't seen you know it's not in, we're not talking about today but great show gotta see it Um. Right. And then defending Jacob kind of came in like when you sub in a star player, kind of right towards the end of the game. And really, it really is. I didn't think one of the greatest things I'd seen this year, but certainly, certainly a very, a a very competent heavy hitter to get out there.
0: Really good with a lot of movie names behind it, like Martin Tilden and uh, Mark Bomback, who is a major screenwriter uh, for features, and this is his first big foray in the television. Same for Morton in terms of American television. Chris Evans. Uh, same thing. Obviously, Michelle Dockery came from uh, Downton Abbey. We should uh, just
1: point out that the director of Defending Jacob was the director of Imitation Game.
0: Yes, he was. And and that's a great show. And I also want to mention um, the uh, uh, Little Fires Everywhere, which I really liked as well. And, R- and, and you R-Renice know, there's just too many here. There's too many to choose from. See, this
1: is the thing I feel that happens with this category year after year. And I feel like the culling is harsh when this happens here. Because how many slots do they have? Five.
0: Yeah, Harsh. I'll tell you one that's getting nominated uh, is unorthodox.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: That for will sure. get nominated.
1: For um, sure. For sure. I think actually we haven't talked about it a lot. I mentioned at the beginning, but I do think unbelievable, which um, to quote myself again, was unbelievably good. Um, I think a very very powerful drama. You know, cop dramas murder mystery dramas, they, they take on many different forms. Right now, a lot of, a lot of people in Hollywood are having a, a lot of soul searching about the way that the police are gonna be depicted on television, way more the police should be depicted the way they were depicted on Unbelievable because that was powerful.
0: Yes, and it's good, you know, and it's good that the Academy on your ballot lets you vote for as many as you've seen and feel are worthy so that I could vote for a number of these and, you know, for a change in the TV movie category, which is set apart from this, usually it's just been, I can't find anything in, in recent years that I wanted to even bother to see. This Ouch. year, and that's well, like that's like
1: both ends of your street, both as, our, as Deadline's movie critic and as, a, as our award. Yeah, called. but to
0: see really movies that are made here that that are genuine movie movies, uh, is rare. They've just taken episodes of Black Mirror and called that the best movie. That's not happening this year. Actually, that was ruled been, ineligible. Let's
1: be honest with Black Mirror. Netflix just invented whole new categories.
0: Like I no. know, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Its so, so, so I let's, gotta let's, mention El Camino, bad, uh, bad breaking movie, a terrific breaking job, bad but, movie. But yeah, we love that. Vince okay, okay. Gilligan. So let
1: let us be clear. Let the thing about El Camino, whether or not you love it or hate it, and Pete and I have slightly different versions of this. But we were both huge Breaking Bad fans. And that's yeah. where we come at this from the direction of being a huge Breaking Bad fan. And Emmy voters are massive Breaking Bad fans. So yes. to have the gang back together, and they are, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, they're back together for a little bit. Um, yeah. You just get this. It, it's a dream. It, it's, it's great. What, it's and it was
0: very well executed by Ben Gilligan, as was Bad Education, which when I saw it, was a theatrical movie aimed at theaters, and then it had this huge sale at Toronto for $20 million, and it became an HBO movie, however it becomes. I'm, I'm
1: gonna stop you right here, okay? Yeah. Now, I am a huge Transparent fan, massive yeah. fan. From the very beginning, I think Transparent is a seminal television show. Yeah. I think the Transparent finale was unbelievably adventurous, especially that it took the form of a musical as its baseline and then built up from that. And there are many, many interesting, here's American Son, the unbelievable Kimmy Schmidt versus the Reverend, many other things here. Let's be honest, Bad Education with Allison Janney and Hugh Jackman is winning this Emmy.
0: Well, it, it, it certainly would be deserving of it. Totally, uh, it's it, great. It it's, I it's,
1: feel in a sense, this, you know, Allison Janney has an Oscar. I feel in a sense that Hugh Jackman there was daylight robbery happened because of the way rules work, et cetera, et cetera. This is not eligible for an Oscar. And this would be, this would be his Oscar. If he's going to have a, I mean, more, more of a great career to come clearly. But if he's there was a be tough a change, category,
0: that limited actor category. We didn't even mention the uh, a limited series. I know this much is true, but Mark Ruffalo in that is, is powerful as are so many of the actors in these things. I want to mention two. I love this movie called Togo. It's on the Disney Plus with Willem Dafoe, and it's just so well In, made. No, it's so good. <laughs> uh, if you do nothing else today, go watch Togo. It is after not. Al- it
1: is the ultimate not summer movie.
0: But if I, you're too hot, if your don't, if your AC is not
1: yeah, working so great, great, it will cool you down.
0: You know, don't hold the genre, the Disney name, the whole idea that you think it's just a kid's thing. It's really well made. Togo. Uh, definitely is something, I will tell you, I voted to nominate in this category and I hope that can help it. Would but, you have um, voted,
1: w- let me ask you a question, would you have voted for Nanook of the North? Uh,
0: if you uh, haven't seen Togo, I just kind of gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not, the, the dog was amazing this, and they're <laughs> real dogs, they really are. That um, is so
1: the takeaway quote from today's podcast. The dog was amazing. <laughs> All right. Really? So so speaking of amazing, I yes. am going to bring up our topic. All right. So we have to 10 episodes of this season and past seasons. We have talked about a lot of stuff we like. We've talked about a lot of stuff in COVID and other other things that, that are going on in this country, the killing of George Floyd, the protests against against racism, police brutality, all of these things we have talked about. The we have also talked about a great American actor, filmmaker icon of the entertainment industry who has not received an Emmy nomination. That's so incredible. I'm asking you, TV Academy,
0: when is Jackie Gleason getting his due? All right, we're, we're gonna beat this into the ground, but I really well, do Well, you're think... saying
1: that in, but we, we have beat this into
0: the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at some of these actors that are kind of snake bit when it comes to the Emmys, and you know, Jackie Gleason we're using as an example here of somebody who's who's due something like that and died unfortunately so it would be posthumous but look at those people that sit year after year in the audience and they never win i'm thinking of steve carell in the office never won never got it you know john ham went through seven seasons of mad men losing every year and finally at the end They decided to give him one. That's something that hasn't happened yet with the likes of a Steve. I remember years
1: ago, you. I remember you writing about that, and I remember that being a very powerful column because it just
0: seemed seemed like what were they waiting for? What are they waiting for? You know, when they do it, and and I know Bob Odenkirk has a couple of uh, Emmys for writing in the past, but nothing on Breaking Bad and nothing uh, so far on Better Call Saul. And here's a guy that just keeps topping himself season after season. We. Academy voters are trying to prevent the outrage that happened to Jackie Gleason from happening to all of the actors still with us who are so good, who deserve Emmy. So I know we've spent 10 weeks here talking about who's going to win, who deserves it, uh, the whole landscape of television. But let's remember the great talent here, and not everybody can win, not everybody can get it, but they are all winners.
1: So, you know, so when you do this, when you demand of your categories, of your guilds, of you demand that Jackie Gleason get this posthumous, uh, posthumous Emmy, you're doing it for Steve Carell. You're <laughs> doing it for Sean I'm Henry. doing it for all the people that exactly. Emmy tends to overlook. You're doing you know? it for Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. In, how can you not do it? Is the question. That's it. And we know that the Spread great the will. will be there to give it to 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 give it to Jackie, who will be looking at, Well. I was gonna say looking down, but Jackie Gleason might be looking up, could be honest. Um, so you know that this has to happen.
0: Would well, you know his you co-star. Reading? Art Carney, I think won like five Emmys and, you know, and, and Jackie Gleason never. And then Art Carney, um, won the Oscar, Harry Antonio, Jackie Gleason didn't not nominated, but didn't win, you know? So sometimes you're just, you know, you've got a star over your head and, and everybody loves you and you keep winning. Like you mentioned Regina King at the beginning of this podcast, Regina King can't lose. Okay. Regina no matter King where she is. is, three Emmys, an Oscar can't lose. We've got to get the people that maybe deserve it. Let's. All we're saying here is spread the wealth. And I want to say, spreading the wealth. This could be your opportunity, voters, to give Chris Evans such a good actor in so many. That things. is the
1: best segue ever.
0: <laughs> His first major show business nomination. He hasn't had one yet, and if ever a project uh, could bring it to him, it's *Defending Jacob*, where he really gets into a complex a troubled character playing a a district attorney, assistant DA, whose son is accused of murder. And that that sets off all kinds of things and all kinds of challenges for this actor, as I found out when I talked to him. Take a listen. I want to start with Defending Jacob because I still am shaking from that show. I got
2: (laughs) (laughs) good, (laughs) good. That's, that's by design. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i got to binge that that series sort of before it went on the air I, I saw all of it and we just couldn't stop my wife and i i mean we just oh. had to be like watching. it really is like an eight-hour movie it, yeah. it, you know, it it seems not like a television miniseries or limited series to me and i think i guess it was actually intended that way originally they were thinking about making it as a movie is that right
2: yeah yeah well a movie like this i mean these types of movies are very much up my alley and and you know 20 years ago this would have been a movie this would have been it would have been all engine it would have been all plot and it would have been you know very entertaining but there might not have been as much opportunity to let it uh breathe a little bit and then let there's you know be some some layers in depth behind the moments yeah what about this one when it came to you you're also an executive producer on it too yeah so you're working behind
0: the scenes as well to make sure it turns out well but um what about this because you've been doing movie after movie and you know big screen and stuff and uh, this is a rare foray into into television
2: sure sure I, I in my in my eyes i feel like you know even that you know 20 years ago the lines between the two mediums may have been a bit more clearly drawn these days i think there's you know a lot of really wonderful risk-taking and then unbelievable storytelling uh, happening in, in in the tv world now that streaming is ubiquitous as well um and and really it was just about Meeting with Mark and Morton and, and, uh, you know, you take a little bit of a leap of faith. They only show you the pilot, so you don't know where it's going to go. But eventually you just kind of say, I I, want to work with these people. Um, And, and, you know, it was such a wonderful experience. They're they're really collaborative, wonderful people. Yeah, it's interesting. You're playing. You're you're working
0: in Boston, where you're from. So that's not a big stretch in in
2: (laughs) the location. (laughs) That was a real luxury. I got to sleep in my own bed. I mean, I was seeing my family on the weekends. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Uh, what was it about playing Andy, uh, the assistant D.A. you play here? It's a very complex character.
0: I don't think I've quite seen you do one like it. We were talking just before we went on about a movie that I really love that you did uh, called Puncture. And yeah. You a lawyer in that. And right. An addicted, <laughs> a, dr- a drug addicted lawyer. Um, so that was a very complex uh uh, jump into law in a different way as is this too because all of a sudden you're playing a, a father whose son is accused of murder and you and and, uh, and you have to deal with that on so many levels
2: that's right yeah actually oddly enough those two characters from from Puncture and this both are, are kind of uh struggling with guilt in my opinion that was one of the most appealing elements of uh, defending jacob where you have a guy I don't want to give too much away, but but he has a history, and and uh, it's it's it has some skeletons in his closet, and I think a lot of people who have trauma in their past tend to bury it and really don't try to address it. But but that that guilt you may feel as a result of whatever the circumstance was, it never really goes away. It echoes and it manifests in a lot of uh, you know tricky ways. And and Andy gets thrust in this circumstance where all of a sudden all of that guilt and shame is exhumed very publicly. Um, and, and I, I just thought that was such a great story to examine. Uh, you know, that, that that perspective on what would normally be a uh, you know, a CSI episode.
0: Does this whet your appetite to do more television if you can
2: find this kind of material there that Absolutely. Uh, I think that you know, there's something really I was always, you know, I look I love the movie structure. I like the idea of having to tell a story and wrap it up in a finite amount of time, but but after doing this, you know, it's we consume this type of medium almost the way we consume literature. You know, you, you, you process it in chapters and, and it stays with you in between sittings and, and the really good books, you know, you can't wait to get back into it. And then, you know, within one page you're back in the world and, and that return to the experience and that return to the characters and the, the downtime to examine is a really unique way to kind of consume this medium. So I, absolutely. I, I actually really enjoy doing it. And I'll definitely be looking for them in the future. Yeah,
0: obviously, you know, uh, In your film career you started uh i guess with fantastic four actually you started in that whole marvel universe and doing that and you actually resisted uh going in i guess and and doing captain america which was actually would have been a terrible decision on your part
2: (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't be having this discussion with you right now you know what i mean really would have been an unfortunate choice yeah it was such a unique thing i i
0: actually remember interviewing the Russo brothers they said they want to do an interview with me because they want to know why a movie like that doesn't get nominated for best picture why why the industry doesn't appreciate it in that way and I said well if they'll say that great let's do that interview and we did and you know and, and you look at a picture like Winter Soldier uh and, and you you see that place on so many levels and different ways and not just as a superhero movie
2: uh and all of that and they had a point you know there is a real substance to these movies Absolutely. There's enormous thought and consideration that goes into these story arcs, and you know, if you take that, the the Marvel moniker off those movies and characters that aren't identifiable from comic books, these movies would be lauded in that way. uh, You know, I'm not saying everyone's a home run, but but they really sometimes turn out some really, really impressive movies.
1: You know, he's really great in this, but it, it really is hard for me to get past the he always being Captain America thing. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> always gonna be hard so listen thanks for listening to this season of the deadline podcast tv talk make sure you subscribe to us i know you listen to us but make sure you subscribe to us on apple podcasts or spotify so you never
0: miss an episode and of course you can find all of our breaking news coverage of tv film business and everything affecting our industry as usual on deadline.com
1: now nominations are going to be announced on july 28th
0: we'll be talking
1: Till then thanks for joining us goodbye